Welcome to Kevin Connors Podcast. This series is on the Tabernacle of Moses, which is the topic of one of the first books that Kevin Connor wrote about. Visit kevinconnor.org for more details. All right, what I'd like to do in our final session, and, and thanks for being such a good bunch here over the four, the four uh, Sundays we've had together. I want to sort of wrap this together uh, in uh, more of a pastoral, practical type of thing that I've uh, done previously. Um, but added some things here. So let's go to our session eight, our final session, and we're looking at the daily ministrations and the priesthood. So we've worked through each of the articles of furniture, and now we're just come, coming to look at the priesthood. I want you to turn over to 1 Peter chapter 2. Chapter two. All right, 1 Peter chapter 2, and I'd like to read the passage that I've put on your notes here, and uh, then we'll make comment here. So 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, pick up in verse 1. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted the Lord is gracious. Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones, the lively stones, all the lively stones said amen, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture. How many like Peter? He never knows where the passage is. So he always says it's contained in the scripture. Yeah, 66 books of it. Paul says it's written in the second, second psalm. Paul knows where it is. Peter, it's contained in the scripture. So how many like Peter the best? How many like Paul the best? How many like a bit of each? <laughs> okay, so it's contained in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion, a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he who believes on him will uh, by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they were also appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but hallelujah, now have obtained mercy. All right, now on the uh, introduction here, I want to bring, bring it all together into more uh, personal application here. So there's three things I want you to pick up out of the, uh, out of the passage I've just read. First of all, uh, a, a, a spiritual house. So three things, are, if you're taking down notes here. So number one, a spiritual house. And number two, just uh, keeping it in order here, a spiritual priesthood. And number three, a spirit, uh, and uh, number three, spiritual sacrifices. So number one, a spiritual house, and number two, a spiritual priesthood, and number three, spiritual sacrifices. Now, what we've been looking at in the whole of the Mosaic Covenant economy, the Davidic, the Temple, and everything points to that. If you have a house, then you must have a priesthood, and if you have a priesthood then the priest must be able to offer sacrifices. So it's that order. 
uh, a house, a priesthood, and sacrifices. That's the order that Peter's giving us here. Then, uh, so number one, so a, a, a house, the house of God. We are the church, the house of God. Number two, we are royal priesthood. And number three, we are called to offer up spiritual sacrifices. All right, on your notes here, Acts chapter 7, verse 38, and this is the authorized version. Israel is spoken of as the church in the wilderness. So God's teaching the church in the wilderness through the tabernacle of Moses, as we'll see. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and verse 6 and 11. And we're told, uh, as Paul goes through different examples here, uh, in fact, let's turn over that again uh, just to remind ourselves. First uh, Corinthians chapter 11, uh, 10, thank you. And uh, I think I've uh, alluded to this before, but you'll notice that Paul is sort of the master, along with Peter, you know, who gives a sort of one interpretive uh, phrase for whole chapters of the Old Testament. So when people say, well, you don't have to worry about that. So in verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unawares that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea. So there in just those uh, couple of phrases there, he's covered Exodus chapter 13, 14, 15. Then in verse 3, and they all ate the spiritual food, the manna. That covers Exodus 16. And they all drank of the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that was followed them, and that rock was Christ. Exodus 17. So whole chapter after chapter is just covered in one interpretive verse. Uh, but with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our examples, to the intent that we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted. And do not become idolaters with some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Now he moves from Exodus into Numbers. So he covers Numbers, 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 somewhere anyway. Uh, numbers 4, uh, anyway, one of the chapters there. Uh, neither let us uh, commit fornication, sexual immorality, covers Numbers chapter 23, I think, and as some of them did, in one day 23,000, nor let us tempt Christ, Numbers chapter 21, they were destroyed of the serpents, and so forth. So he's just sweeping chapter after chapter. So it's a master key that generally in the New Testament, you'll find one or two interpretive clauses that interpret whole chapters of the Old Testament. That helps us in understanding the word. All right, how many are really being Bible people now? You're not just New Testament people, but Bible people. Okay, amen. All right, now let's go to our notes on our outline. Uh, I want to spend a little bit more time on uh, the last session here. So uh, letter A, so we're in the house of the Lord, qualifications of a priest. Very simple here, you must be born a priest. So nobody of the 12 tribes of Israel, they could not function uh, as a priest in priestly ministry unless they were born a priest. So a spiritual lesson here, we must be born again. Amen? Amen. How, how, how many people today, you know, are functioning in different uh, de denominations and, and, and trying to act as a priest when they've never even been born again? It's impossible. So you have to be born a priest. So I'm glad that I've been born again and born a priest. And then uh, number two... Uh, the, uh, they had to be born of the priestly tribe of Levi, and the name Levi means joined. So spiritually, we must be joined to the Lord. 
So it must be born a priest and must uh, uh, belo- be joined to the Lord. So priestly tribe of Levi, Levi being, uh, being, uh, means joined. And l- let me just throw this in while it comes to my mind. Uh, uh, some of the de- denominations are fussing about whether women can be priests or not. In the Old Testament, it was a bit of a male chauvinist thing. No woman was allowed to be a priest in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, every woman is a priest. So you don't have to worry about your ordination. All you ladies should be shouting. Hey. So you don't have to worry about going to those denominations of fussing and fighting about whether a woman can be a priest and whether they should ordain them. You are ordained. Hallelujah. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here tonight. Praise God, there's no male chauvinist in this place. <laughs> All right, now, number three, the consecration of a priest. And I think I've alluded to this before, but uh, let's turn over to, yes, we did a little bit, but turn over to 1 John uh, chapter 5 anyway. 1 John chapter 5. And uh, we'll pick up in verse, um, oh, verse 6 will do. First John chapter 5, verse 6. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by, uh, only by water, but by water and blood, and it's the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. Uh, for there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one, and there are three that bear witness on earth. So you have three heavenly witnesses, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three agree and are one. And there's three that bear witness in earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. And so I think we did mention this before. So in the consecration of a priest, and I'll put it in the order, just our gospel order, uh, Aaron, uh, uh, Moses uh, uh, put the blood on Aaron's ear, uh, on his right ear, on his right thumb, and on his right toe. How many remember this? Okay, about six intelligent people here. Okay, so the blood. Then... In the course of it, and uh, I've just put it in New Testament order, uh, Aaron and his sons were wholly bathed in water, immersed in water, and then uh, later on the oil had to be put on the blood. I've, I've just put it in New Testament order here. But uh, the, the, the oil was put upon the blood. No blood, no oil. So the New Testament... Fulfillment in us as Christians and as men and women being born again, we are cleansed by the blood of Jesus, amen, and then water baptized, amen, and then we receive the oil of the Holy Spirit. Those three witnesses, so before any priest went into the holy place or into the tabernacle of the Lord to minister, he had to have the witness in himself. I'm glad I've got the witness of the blood of Jesus, amen, and the witness of water baptism, washing of water by the word, and witness by the oil of the Spirit. He that believeth hath the witness in himself. Hallelujah. Now, this is the most important part I want you to pick up here with me, is uh, let it be the ministry of the priest. Now, I just want to give you some thoughts uh, here. As we look at the, uh, and I'll put the uh, diagram on here, As we look at the, uh, uh, the tabernacle of Moses, we've got to remember that all the services of the nation of Israel were continually wrapped around the tabernacle. 
So it doesn't matter where they were going in their journeys, when the cloud moved and so forth and the camp uh, was uh, uh, pitched again and the tabernacle was set up again, their whole life was actually governed by the tabernacle of the Lord. Tabernacle of Moses we call it, but the, the uh, tabernacle of the Lord and its services, everything. So, so that, that's the main thing I want you to pick up here. Uh, their whole life was governed by the tabernacle of the Lord. Number two, there were yearly festivals. Now, what I'd like to do, I think I can do this here. During, during the year, you'll find that the six articles of furniture that we've looked at were all touched on certain times. So I'd like you to, and on the back of your notes you can put this, you've got this. I'll just sort of give you the outline for sense of direction here. So we have the, the uh, brazen altar and the brazen laver, high priestly, the priestly ministry, the golden lampstand, the table of showbread, golden altar of incense, and then the ark of the covenant, which we've just looked at. Now, notice what you've got here, and you can put this on the back of your, uh, your notes there. First of all, we have the yearly ministration, the yearly. Now, I think you've got this on your notes here. Yes, once a year in Leviticus chapter 23, Deuteronomy 12, 16, Leviticus 16, once a year on the great day of atonement, the high priest, after offering the sacrifice at the brazen altar, he would enter within the veil and sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat once a year. So this was what I refer to as the yearly ministration. Then number two, we have after the, not, not in this order, but during, through, the, through the year, we have the weekly ministration. So every week, as we saw last, uh, last Sunday evening, every week, this article of furniture was touched. So the holiest of all, the Ark of the Covenant, this was the yearly ministration. Blood was sprinkled on the mercy seat on the great day of atonement. And then the weekly ministration, the priest would come in here after they'd been to the, the uh, sacrificial altar and the washing of water at the laver here. They would eat of the table of showbread. And what does this point to? It points to our weekly time of communion. So think their whole life was governed by this. So the yearly article, the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, the weekly article, the table of showbread, but now this is the main thing I want to get across here. The daily ministrations, and I'd like you to make a note of this, 365 days a year, the other four articles were touched. Not any time you like, 365 days. So what's God trying to get across here? So first of all, we have the daily sacrifice, number one at the brazen altar. So morning and evening, and I'm giving you the scriptures there, morning and evening, uh, we find that there was the, the daily sacrifice. And the Lord said the sacrifice, and I'm giving you the scripture, I said daily, there was the daily sacrifice, the shedding of blood and the body of the victims offered upon the altar. So the daily sacrifice. And then, as we come across, I want you to go to the uh, New Testament here, Luke chapter 9. 23, let's, uh, I'm not turning to all the scriptures, I've given you them there. Luke chapter 9. And we find that the New Testament picks up so much of this. So uh, the, uh, the daily ministration, Luke chapter 9 and verse 23, peculiar to, to Luke here. Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. 
And Jesus says, so Jesus speaking, then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. What's your word say? Daily. daily. And follow me. So there was a daily sacrifice. And so in the scriptures I've given you there, Paul says, I die daily. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 31, he says, I die daily. Dying to ourself, dying to our ambitions and our will. And then uh, Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 which you've got on your notes there, Paul says we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice. So it's our daily ministration, our daily ministration. Everybody said amen? So that was the first article. So on a daily, 365 days a year. So why is God doing that? The yearly article, the weekly article, the daily ministrations. All right, then number two on your next page, there was the daily washing of water. The daily washing of water. So in Exodus chapter 30, which we've already looked at, uh, God told them, they, the priests, when they came into the presence of the Lord, they were to wash their hands and wash their feet day by day, every day. So morning and evening or whenever they came into the tabernacle of the Lord, there was the washing of water by the word, the washing of the water. And then uh, I've already given you the scriptures before. We're just bringing this all together. Titus 3 and verse 5, which we've looked at last uh, time. It's the washing of regeneration. And then Ephesians chapter 5 and verses 26 to 26. He's going to cleanse the church by the washing of water by the word. Everybody said amen again. So the daily washing. And then number 3, we have the daily lighting of the lamps. And the scriptures are there. Uh, I'd like you to turn over to Philippians chapter 1. And this is from uh, the authorized version. Philippians chapter 1. And um, some of the translations just missed the word that I'd like to uh, draw to your attention. So I'm reading from Old Authorized on this one. It's just the, the word I, I want to draw to your attention. So you can make a note. I'll, I'll put it on your notes there, the Authorized. So Paul says in verse 19, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. The supply. Just that. That's the word I want you to. The supply. And so... As we saw when we looked at the golden lampstand morning and evening, the high priest would trim the wicks and then there was a daily supply of the oil of the Holy Spirit. So a daily ministration. And then Matthew 5, Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father. So the daily lighting of the lamps, the daily supply of the oil. And then the last article here, that was the golden lampstand. Then number four, there was the daily incense. Now, I want you to turn back to uh, Revelation chapter 8, which we finished on last week, and uh, the, just I needed to say a couple of other things. Revelation chapter 8. You're doing all right? Yeah. So think of the daily ministrations, the daily ministrations. All right, so Revelation chapter 8. Verse 
Now, let's just read this uh, passage again. I'd like to spend a few moments on this. We uh, sort of were rushing again last week. So verse uh, 1, Revelation 8, verse 1. And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God. So think of the seven angels, the seven trumpets, the Ark of the Covenant, the collapse of the walls of Jericho. It's the whole thing happening here in the final generation. I saw the seven angels who stand before God and to them were given seven trumpets and another angel having a golden censer came and stood at the altar. Now let me take a moment here, get the picture. I, 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 I believe that the another angel here, the Greek word for angel is simply messenger, angelos, and uh, whereas the Roman church believes that the angels pray for us, uh, that's not in the Bible. Jesus Christ is our our uh, intercessor. There's only one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Amen. So as we go through the book of Revelation, uh, there's lots of different visions that uh, John is seeing of Jesus. And that's what we have to understand. In Revelation chapter 1, we see Jesus as the uh, great high priest ministering at the golden lampstand. And then in Revelation chapter 4, we see him now as the Lamb of God. Revelation chapter 5, we see him as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Uh, Revelation chapter 7, uh, we see him as the sealing angel because the seal by the New Testament is the Holy Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit, and no ordinary angel can give the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So it's another messenger, another messenger. Revelation chapter 10, it's the Lord Jesus Christ who clothed with the rainbow. No ordinary angel has the token of the Noahic covenant wrapped around him. So we have the, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Chapter 19, we see him coming as King of kings and Lord of lords. So it's a revelation of him. There's lots of angels and angelic activity, but there is this Jehovah angel. That's what I'm saying. So angels do not take our prayers. So I just want to say that there. Uh, so then another angel, another messenger, and listen to the rest of it, having a golden censer. Now the golden censer was only used on the great day of atonement. He came and stood at the altar. Now listen carefully to the language. What he does, as this is a day of atonement scene, the high priest, pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ, he takes the golden censer, which was only used on the great day of atonement, and he came and stood at this altar. Okay, we'll, we'll explain that as we read it carefully. He came and stood at this altar. So at this altar, what does he do? He gets coals of fire and puts it on the censer and then puts the, sen the incense on the coals of fire to cause the smoke to ascend. So let's read it in the light of those comments. So... Um, then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. So we have two altars here, the altar of brass where the fire was, and now the golden altar. So he came and stood at the altar, we safely say the brazen altar, he was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. So one's in the outer court, one's just before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hands. Now, I want to encourage you, you know, and I've said this before, sometimes we look back over the years and think, oh, I've been praying for years for this and praying, but I'd just like to encourage you, Keep sending up the incense. Because the, as long as the censer is upright, 
then the prayers of the saints, the incense is ascending within the veil. But you see, something happens in verse 5. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there's a reaction, God coming into action. There were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. So the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound out. Let me repeat what I did once before here. This is what I believe the Bible teaches. I believe that to every generation and even individuals, God gives a cup, and it's called the cup of iniquity. And year by year and generation after generation, people keep filling that cup of iniquity, and that's a whole study through the word there. And then when that generation brings that cup of iniquity to fullness, then that cup of iniquity is turned upside down in judgment. Now that's the whole biblical of the teaching. That's why Jesus said to the Pharisees, scribe, you fill up the cup of your fathers. And why God said to Abraham, the cup of iniquity is not yet full. The iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. You see, Jesus took our cup in Gethsemane so that we could have the cup of the Lord, cup of blessing. He dreaded that cup. He said, Father, if it's possible... Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will. And he drank the cup of our judgment and our iniquities in order to give us a cup of blessing. How many can say, thank you, Jesus? But then on the positive side, and, you know, as you look at the scene in Australia, America, the whole Western world, let alone the rest of the world, the cup of iniquity is being filled up with the abortion, the immorality, the things that are going on, the, the, the cup of iniquity is filling up. It's getting worse and worse. Now, what's the responsibility of the church and believers? We are given a censer, not a cup, a censer. And we are to offer the prayers and keep filling up the censer. And the generation that brings that censer to its fullness, they will experience the censer being turned upside down and when that sensor is turned upside down, it's a sign of God coming into activity in the earth and answering the prayers of the saints. And it always ends up in revival. So what my wife and I have been studying revival. Say, God, we need a visitation. We need revival in Australia. A Holy Spirit, soul-convicting, soul-converting power of the Holy Spirit. How many can say amen? So much entertainment. But we've got to fill up that sensor. So I want to encourage you. Don't fill your prayers in vain. Just keep filling up. Just say, day by day, I'll do it. Lord, fill up the sensor. Here's my prayer. Fill up the sensor. I would like to be alive in that generation that experiences the greatest revival of this end of the age before Jesus comes. Hear me say, Amen. Greatest in gathering. That's the picture that we have. All right, the golden sensor. So the daily incense. That's the picture. And so... Uh, on, on your scriptures there under number four incense, in Revelation chapter 1 verse 6, we are called to be kings and priests, and uh, kings and priests unto God, kings and priests, that's the order of Melchizedek, Aaron was just a priest, not a king, David was a king, not a priest, but bring them together, we are king priests, so Jesus Christ is Melchizedek, and we are kings and priests with him, so that's an order of Melchizedek. I still think we've got to move into that yet. Now, let's go down to the conclusion for our last number of moments here, conclusion application. Number one, 
probably one of the greatest truths that was restored uh, in, the, in the period of the Reformation and under Martin Luther and the Reformers was that the priesthood of all believers. And uh, this, is, this is a very challenging thing because I was talking to some folks today. I think one of the great dangers we have today in, in churches like ours and Pentecostal churches is that, that uh, we can create what I call a Protestant form of Romanism so that uh, the ministry, they do all the functioning and usurp the authority of the priesthood of all believers. Whereas all of us are called to be priests unto God, men and women. So are you fulfilling your priestly ministry or are you paying somebody else to do it? Thank you, Kevin, for that very interesting thought. <laughs> so it's all there. So Isaiah chapter 61, let's go to one of those verses there. Isaiah chapter 61, a great verse. And prophetic pointing to the church, you'll notice in verse 1, Jesus applies it to himself. In verse 1 he says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He sent me to bind up the broken heart, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And he stopped right in the middle of the verse because day of vengeance was not yet. Then in verse 6, the prophecy is, But you shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of our God. So believers, priesthood, the priesthood of all believers. Uh, the danger of us getting into a Protestant form of Romanism where we pay a priestly craft to do it, class, and we don't do it ourselves. All right, number two, all of us are called to offer spiritual sacrifices. That's a whole session itself, but spiritual sacrifices. Uh, let's go back to that, uh, one of those verses in 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. And if, if you were reading this from uh, Old Testament language, you'd be putting it this way. First uh, Peter chapter 2 and verse 5, and we'll read it through all covenant glasses. You also as dead stones are being built up a carnal material house, an unholy priesthood, to offer up animal sacrifices acceptable to God through Aaron. <laughs> That's the reverse version. That's that side of the cross. But this side of the cross... We're lively stones, we're built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, and in verse uh, 9 he says a royal priesthood, so that's king priest, after the order of Melchizedek to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. All right, and then uh, number three, our final part here, New Covenant Daily Ministrations. Now, I'd just like you to work through, and I'd like you to uh, put down daily, daily, as we work through some of these things. Uh, Hebrews chapter 3, Hebrews chapter 3, and we'll look at some of the New Testament daily ministrations. Hebrews chapter 3, and challenge, challenge your heart, are we doing this? Hebrews 3 and verse 13. But exhort one another. When? Once a week. No, daily. While it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of, uh, deceitfulness of sin. So daily exhortation. Exhort one another daily. All right, Hebrews chapter 10, next verse. Hebrews 10 and verse 25. 
in line with that. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one, exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So again, exhorting one another, exhort one another daily, exhorting one another, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves again. I really don't know how people survive on one meeting a week. You know, back in, back in my Salvation Army days, this is how religious I was, so if you people get tired of one service, what would you do with me? Seven o'clock in the morning, I had knee drill. Knee drill, that was prayer meeting. <laughs> Nine o'clock, I had band spiritual meeting. I used to play in the band. Ten o'clock, I had an open air meeting. Eleven o'clock, I had holiness meeting. Two o'clock, I had Sunday school meeting. Three o'clock, I taught, uh, we went to a praise and testimony meeting. Six o'clock, we had another street meeting. And seven o'clock, we had the salvation meeting. Eight meetings a day. And you get tired with one. <laughs> you backslidden bunch. And I enjoyed every minute of it. So did you. <laughs> Acts 5.42. Here's another daily. Acts 5.42. We're just checking on our daily ministrations. Acts 5.42. I like this one. And it says, uh, or we go to verse 41, leader, but they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Daily, preaching and teaching, exhort one another daily, preaching and teaching daily. Acts 5.42, listen to Acts 17 and verse 11. Acts, Acts 17 and verse 11, next scripture you've got there. Just our daily ministration, Acts 17 and verse 11, talking about the uh, brethren uh, uh, at Berea. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and what they do? Search the scriptures daily whether those things were so. I'm amazed how many Christians don't even read the word daily. They get a little shot in the arm on Sunday meeting and think that does them. No wonder they're weak. Not here. Everybody else is not here. But daily, so, so you see our daily ministry coming up, exhorting one another daily and the Lord adding to the church daily and uh, 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 searching the scriptures daily. Uh, let's go to two or three in the Old Testament, just a few more. And then I'll wrap it up. Okay, Psalm 61, verse 8. Psalm 61. And verse 8. Psalm 61, verse... Yes. So uh, it's a Psalm of David. So he says, So I will sing praise to your name forever. What for? That I may daily perform my vows. Daily. Have you ever made vows to the Lord? Do you fulfill them daily? What about those of you married? Do you fulfill your vows daily? What do I tell you every day, Reen? Speak out loud, rule, so everyone. What do you say to me every day? What do I tell you every day? I love you. I tell her every day I love her. And she tells me every day she loves me. 
Yes, that's my daily ministration to her. To her. And then daily she likes to go down to the reject shop, you know, daily. No, I'm not talking about here. Psalm 68, while you're in the psalm, Psalm 68. And verse 19. Is that it? Psalm 68. Oh, yes, and verse, what was that verse, Psalm 68, verse 90? Yes, 19. Okay, I think I must have a one, uh, wrong scripture. Psalm, does it say, where is that? 19. 19, okay, it looked like, oh, I'm in the wrong psalm, that's why. No wonder. Yes, that's right. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. Amen. Do you ever feel daily loaded with benefits? And they're not fringe benefits. <laughs> they're divine benefits. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. All these benefits the Lord gives. And then just one other one, Psalm 72, and you can look at the others. Psalm 6, uh, 72, verse 15. So it's just a good, uh, good study to go through. Uh, on the daily ministrations. So it says, And he shall live, and to him shall be given the God of Sheba. Prayer also shall be made for him continually, and daily shall he be praised. So do you daily praise the Lord? Yes. All right, now, I want you to go to the last scripture on your list there and uh, just uh, leave a challenge with you. And then something that I've done in my, my own heart for many years now, and it's, it's helped me in my relationship with the Lord. Turn to Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon, chapter 1. Song of Solomon, chapter 1, and uh, verse 6, especially the latter part. So uh, the bride is talking here, I believe, and she says, Do not look upon me because I am dark, because the sun has tanned me. My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me the keeper of the vineyards, Here's the part I want you to know, but my own vineyard I have not kept. How is your spiritual vineyard? You can try and keep others' vineyard, but what about your own vineyard? Now let me, let me finish on this. This is uh, something I felt the Lord gave me years ago about the daily ministration. So everybody clear on what we've been saying here? So the yearly ministrations, Ark of the Covenant, uh, once a year, and Jesus is our Ark of the Covenant, bloodstained mercy seat. Daily, uh, weekly ministration, I'm, I'm happy to have the communion of the Lord uh, once a week. You see, my argument is this. If they had to do it under the Old Covenant, on the Sabbath day, have the table of the Lord once a week, how much more should we be willing under the New Covenant to have the first day of the week, not the seventh day? You see, their week ended with the Sabbath. Our week begins with the Lord's Day, Resurrection. And all the rest of the week takes its character from what happens on Sunday. That's why the Lord's Day to me is very important. Amen? And I, you can say I'm legalistic or narrow-minded. I don't like going shopping on Sunday or mowing the lawns and painting the house and doing all these things. Sunday to me is the Lord's Day. I don't do it because I have to. I do it because I love to. That's the difference. Eh? Now, here's something that I've done for years, and I'm not saying you have to do this. You should do it in one way. But every day when I get up and have my prayer in the morning, this morning I was out 
in the fresh air walking six o'clock, quarter to six this morning. What were you doing? <laughs> so do you know what I do? It's a habit with me. I don't want to kick the habit, but this is what I do for my daily ministrations. I say, Father, when I start my time prayer, I say, Father, I come to you, I pray that you'll cleanse me in the precious blood of Jesus. Wash me in the washing of water by the word. Grant me a daily supply of the oil of the Holy Spirit as I bring the daily incense to you. I've done that for probably 20 or 30 years now. Now, I'm not saying you have to do it, but that's helped me. I know it happens when you say, Father, I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because it's all in him. But for me, it's helped me. And I do that before I go to sleep, morning and evening, morning and evening, the daily, the daily ministrations. And that has helped me. So if you want to make a note of that for yourself, you can. Father, I just come to you in the name of Jesus. Cleanse me in the precious blood of Jesus from every stain of sin or uncleanness of thought or passion or act or lust, anything I've, been, I've grieved you. Wash me in the washing of water by the word. Grant me a daily supply of the oil of the Holy Spirit as I bring the daily incense. And by doing that, I'm fulfilling in spiritual sense the brazen altar, brazen labor, golden lampstand, and the golden altar. These are the daily ministrations. So I hope you've been challenged by this. Okay, let's lift our hands to the Lord. Oh, Father, we just uh, just uh, so overwhelmed with the glory and richness of your inspired word. And we just lift our hands in that act of surrender to you, Father. And we just pray, Lord, once again, that it will not just be information to the mind, but formation of our lives and character. And uh, why don't we sort of pray this together after me. And Father, we come to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Cleanse us in the precious blood of Jesus. Wash us in the washing of water by the word. Grant us a daily supply of the oil of the Holy Spirit. As we bring the daily incense to you. In Jesus' name. And Father, just help us all to fulfill our daily ministrations, Lord, as believer priests. Thank you for these several Sundays we've had together. And uh, we receive the blessing, but we give you all the glory in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody said amen. Thank you for being such a good bunch again. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. Visit kevinconnor.org for more information. God bless.